LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we are talking about five, three, four, two. We may only get through one question, to be we honest. We've got a lot of we, questions. We've got a lot of questions, a lot of questions asked about disciple making. We have a lot of questions asked about discipleship groups. And so we wanted to take this opportunity because why Why not? We have it. We have the option of doing it. And talk through some key questions that people are asking. So maybe you've been asking these questions and now is the moment to hear the answer. Well, let me ask you this. What if a guy's listening or a girl's listening and thinking, I got a question. I got a burning question, Chris. I want to ask the team. Yes. I mean, what do I, they do? I think ultimately they could email us at info at replicate.org if they wanted to. Okay. Or they could wait for another podcast maybe to come around. <laughs> And just hope and pray we answer the question. And okay, hope that I see question. where you're going. I but I do think in, emailing info at replicate.org, and we could potentially write a blog I about it. I think that's the way to go. Put it on the podcast, respond to them individually, whatever we can do to make it great happen. Idea. So that is a great way. If you do have questions, info at replicate.org. Moving right into the first question. This is a tough one. It's so difficult. When I wrote it down, I thought, I'm going to let Pastor answer this because I don't know the answers. <laughs> oh, my God. I have no idea. And, and you're very... For the record, I'm just hearing these you, questions. You don't have just any, yeah, There's them. nothing sitting in front of you with answers on it. And there, you know, this is oh, just man. you with a pen stump, in hand. Stump Robbie. A cup of coffee that you haven't dove deeply enough into yet. No, it's still early. And we've got this tough question. How do we deal with group members uh, that, to say it nicely, can be a challenge? For instance, oh, let's boy. say a guy doesn't show up every week. Let's say he shows up, but he doesn't memorize his verse ever. He shows up and the highs and lows of the week are a list of lows every time. Uh, let's say you have that individual in your group. We all, we all deal with these kinds of things consistently over time. It's going to happen. Hmm. How do we manage hmm. this precious soul, precious for, whom soul for whom Christ died? <laughs> well, I've never had this in any of my groups. <laughs> so that means you're the one. No, I'm like, <laughs> Actually, it's it's interesting. It doesn't matter who you are or or what group you have. You're always going to come in contact with someone uh, or or a few people in your group that can be challenging. Okay, so let me give you a couple scenarios, and you're going to face these if you haven't faced them already. What do you do with the person who is overbearing, domineering, and is a know-it-all in the group? Okay, so uh, one I of say, my Chris, back up. What you could say, no, wait. No, that's you, me. Could, you could no. say, that. no, no, no. Well, basically what you do is, and, and I've had this before. One of my first groups at Brainerd Baptist had a great group, but I had one guy in there who uh, had all the answers. So I'd say, folks, look, today we're going to study the place where Jesus was born. Uh, uh, Bethlehem? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, we should be Bethlehem, John. Okay. And uh, was his name really John or are we using different names to protect the innocent? I uh, cannot confirm or, or deny. <laughs> it's a different nor spelling. Deny, yeah. A different spelling. <laughs> J-O-N, not J-O-N. Right, I'm not going to confirm or deny this. But uh, so uh, I'd go on and I would say, uh, you know, when he was two years old, his parents took him. Oh, he took him into Egypt. Like, uh, yep, took, yep, you got it again, John. Thank you for that. And that was every time, Chris. And so it got to be so much where 
I knew it was an issue at first, right. but I knew it was an issue really when the guys in my group started to pull me aside and say, hey, John's distracting the group. Hmm. He, he, he knows it all. So I had, so here's what you do in that situation. You pull him aside personally first. So after one of the meetings, I said, hey, hey man, why don't you hang out for a minute? I just want to talk to you personally. So we stayed aside and I said, hey man, listen. Now here's what I realized the problem was, Chris. He had, uh, there's a long story here, but he came from a, a, a home where uh, he never could measure up to his dad, he said mm-hmm. this, and he never had affirmation from his family, and he was always trying to live up uh, to be a certain person and be respected. He never got that. So he was feeding for attention, obviously. Uh, so that was part of it. But I put him aside and I said, hey, man, listen, uh, I, I get I, I get you're happy to be here. I'm thankful you're zealous. I appreciate your passion. But really, the challenge is you're becoming a distraction to the group. Yeah. When you have a group of three to five, Chris, you grow as a group. One guy distracting, one guy in consistent, persistent sin, one guy that's taking you in a different direction will will really, in a sense, uh, hinder the group's growth, okay? Okay. Hinder the growth of the group. So I put him aside. I said, hey, man, listen, I just want to let you know the guys are bothered by it, and it's really a distraction. But I appreciate appreciate you being excited, but that's just going to be an issue. So I'm going to yeah. ask you just to pause and listen before you answer so much. So the next meeting, he comes in. Hey, guys, I want to stop, and I want to... Th- want to say I'm sorry I should have done this and man I apologize and it was great for about 10 minutes <laughs> and we were back again you know it was back again and this lasted for a couple more weeks and finally I had to ask him to leave the group okay and here's wow. the reason why it got to the point where it, he was just too much it was overbearing that I basically said John it's apparent you in your mind need to lead a group you you can't learn anything from me until you admit you don't know everything oh wow it's a line I use on him and think about that you can't learn anything from me until yeah. you admit you don't know everything and and whether he admitted it or not he was acting like he knew everything yeah. here's the thing we got to realize you're looking for a couple things with these guys or girls you're investing in. We used to say you're looking for fat Christians or fat disciples, but that's not, not as politically correct. No, it's not politically yeah. correct anymore. So I'm going to say we're looking for faith Christians. Tim okay. LaFleur gave me this and we worked on this uh, as our team. Faithful F, available A, intentional. Got to be intentional. That's where mm-hmm. the I comes from. That's you're good. not going to make disciples through happenstance. The T is teachable and the H is hungry. You want someone hungry, okay? But here's the T. The T is the hinge point of the whole person, okay? Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. You can work with a person who has no skill set to write home mm-hmm. about. You can work with a person who has no talents, no abilities that that really rise to the top as being extraordinary. But if they're teachable, Chris, you can invest in that person because sure. they can learn, right? But on the other hand, if you have a person who's the greatest communicator, the greatest singer, the greatest orator, the greatest student, straight A uh, student in school, but they can't learn. Well, you would be a stranger, but they can't learn because they're not teachable in your group. Then right. you have a problem. And yeah. so what, what the problem with John was, is he just wasn't teachable. So we asked him to move on. And eventually, long story short, there were other issues down the road because he wasn't teachable. Second issue. Let me give you another issue. Another issue is a person in consistent, persistent sin. Hmm. I had two guys in my group one year. I started a group of five guys. This was the group, Dylan. I thought, this is going to be it. This is going to be the best group I've ever had. I mean, you talk about, I mean, you, you name it. I mean, yeah. I had a guy who was a football player uh, trying out for the NFL team. 
I had a guy who was a successful salesman in the world. I had a guy who just got saved. I mean, we had a hodgepodge. This was a super team. This was super team. I mean, I had a guy who was an uh, athlete at UTC. I mean, I had, I had the group of groups. And the whole thing dismantled. I mean, it got so bad, Chris. It was the first time I ever, halfway through the year, had to stop the group and reboot the group with two guys because three had to move on. It was the craziest season. But here's the reason. Two of the guys were in consistent, persistent sin. Okay. Both guys were living with their girlfriends. Both guy, one of the guys had gotten his girlfriend pregnant, uh, who had just met. And the other one was another situation, but I went to him and I said, Hey, listen, uh, I want to encourage you to move out, do the right thing and wait till you get married. And then, then you can go back and, you know, live for the rest of your life. And, uh, one of the guys says, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm like, well, you've already proven that's not the case because your girlfriend's pregnant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that, 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 your girlfriend's pregnant. So we know that's otherwise. not that's not the case. But the reality is, he he debated me, he confronted me, and eventually, it was. I, I know that's what the Bible says, but I don't believe it. Right. I don't believe that's right. Yeah. Where do you go from there? So what I told him is, listen, it's obvious that uh, you and I have different opinions, and that's fine. But we're going to have to have a friendly departure. And so he left. But the other guy actually moved out. Mm-hmm. Decided to get married. I married them. Both of them uh, came together, married them. They're now serving in ministry, Chris, in Ohio. Wow. So it's just a kind of a cool story. Great but here's the thing yeah. you got to remember. You're going to come across difficult situations in groups. Yes. Why? Why do you think, Chris? Because people. You're dealing with people. You know the answer. <laughs> I You're know myself. Dealing- and, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm assuming that others have the same issues I have. Yeah. And as a result of that, I know that we're going to be dealing with a mess uh, every week because we're at least dealing with me. Well, exactly. <laughs> we're, yeah, if you and I are there, it's a That's mess. Right. So, so, so the thing is, we're dealing with people. And the challenge is when people come to the discipleship group, they come just as they are. Yes. Okay. Now, the cool thing about a discipleship group is you don't leave them as they were. Right. They're going to grow, but they come just as they are with the hurts and habits and hangups in their life. And so here's the thing. You can't shy away mm-hmm. from calling out sin or addressing issues in the group. If you do, my mom had a problem with with a group uh, a while back. Okay, I'll tell you another story. Mom was leading a group. There was a lady in the group who would never show up. Uh, she would never do her, her verses, never read the scriptures, always sidetrack the conversation with talking about how bad her husband was and he's no good and, you know, he shouldn't, He you know, I, I'm going to leave him or whatever. And she would monopolize the time. Well, this yeah. went on for a couple months and my mom would call me. I don't know what to do. I said, yeah. mom. I know what you need to do. What? You need to confront the lady. Ah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm going to let her go. This went on for for two months. And then finally, I said, Mom, I love you. But until you stand up and make a decision and confront her because of her actions, there's nothing I can do for you. Well, my mom confronted her. She left. Obviously, it didn't uh, work out. She got mad. But the group, she called me back two weeks later. She said, you're never going to believe it. The spirit in the group is different. The, uh, the openness is different. The transparency is different. The level of memory and engagement is on another level. So here's what I, here's to, to kind of sum this up. We need, to, that's why you're the group leader. Yeah. The group leader, yes, facilitates, but the group leader also confronts uh, and reproves and corrects as uh, as it says what the word does, but as as we lead people lovingly along, speaking the truth. Of right, that's good. And and the and the challenge there is I've I've had only two groups at this point, and in my first group I did have a challenging individual. Uh, 
I guess, luckily for me, uh, in God's sovereignty, he kind of stepped out on his own. So that, that made it very easy. I didn't have to confront that individual, but there will be times when we have to say what needs to be said for the good of the group. You're trying to make sure that the the group as a whole is not, you know, you want to walk with people through challenges and do your best to, to get there, but it's grace and love and truth for those individuals. As well, well, listen, and we're taking a page from Jesus. That's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't walk up to the woman at the well and say, yeah, uh, you haven't any marital problems that we should know about? Yeah. You having a tough time in your relationships? No. He said, uh, ma'am, you've been married seven times and the man you're with now is not your husband. Hello. Okay. Wow. You know. Very subtle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jesus confronts the rich young ruler. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, if he kept all the commandments, the man says, yeah, I've kept them all. Um, an American pastor would have said, great, come on, follow us. Uh-oh, hello. Jesus said, no, go sell it all. Give to the poor and come follow me. You're missing one thing, he says. Now, we would have said, ah, that one thing, it's not a bad thing. And by yeah. the way, you're rich. You could fund our ministry. Right. Notice what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say, sell everything and give it to us. Yeah. <laughs> There's some guys today that may say that. Or sell everything, give it to Judas. Who knows what he would have done with that money? Can you imagine Judas when the rich young ruler's walking away? How do we let that he's guy like, go? He's like, Rabbi, what are you thinking? That could have bankrolled the whole ministry. We could have bought our own private boat. Yeah. Could have had charter ministry on the Sea of Galilee. What are you thinking? You know? We need our own private boat to be able to move forward in ministry. I've heard that sales pitch before, but moving on to something we're very... Not just private boat, very, private boats, plain. as multiple people have we heard on the air. But anyway, so we're moving on. Moving on. We uh, We're really excited to announce that we are now part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. Yes, we are. And so what that means is nothing will change about our podcast. We will continue to talk about making disciples. Pastor will continue to, to lean into different questions and topics relevant to discipleship. But we wanted to partner with others. Uh, we, we believe in some of these other podcasts are going to be very good and very helpful for you. So each week we'll talk about one of these other podcasts. That's all That's all it means. We're going we're gonna to tell you about some other great opportunities to learn, great resources. This week we're going to talk about J.D. Greer's Ask Me Anything podcast. He's working with Todd Unzucker as well, and they will basically just be taking questions, theological, uh, ethical, leadership questions. I'm looking forward to, to giving some questions to J.D. Greer, if he will take <laughs> You're them. just trying to, it's not stump J.D. Greer, is it? No, I think it's ask J.D. Greer. No, I think that's right. No, but you're I trying want, to stump I want to say, J.D., can God make a rock so big even he can't lift it? Mm, now, knowing no, J.D., he's going to say, I don't know, but if he does, I hope he does it above your head. Yeah, I know sure. that's his answer already probably he for that one, so I'm not going to ask that one after all, but... <laughs> Ask Me Anything, J.D. Greer, great new podcast, brand new. That's it's good. It's brand, brand new. new. So brand new. we'll talk about different ones uh, in the network, but check out the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network, and uh, it's a group of about seven podcasts together. Great, awesome content. We're thankful to be a part of that and looking forward to, to working with these other guys Honored in ministry. Honored to be ministry. a part of that, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's move on to another question. We talked about the difficult or challenging group member. Another thing that we uh, we we get challenged by all the time, and again, I'm just throwing a big curveball. You have no notes. You don't know uh, what question I'm going to have uh, to ask. But how about this one? We don't have enough time in our group. I get this every time I go train. I can almost just know that someone is going to ask. They're like, you're saying we should meet for an hour, maybe an hour and a half. In extreme cases, maybe two hours, which, by the way, I would never suggest. I'm an hour or less kind of guy. But 
sometimes it takes an hour and a half and that's just the reality of it. But some are like, man, it, it, we never end. We never get through what we want to get through. So what are some tips and tricks to help keep the context of your group, especially if you have a group of six, yeah. you know, or five or even four at times of people who love to talk and they're sharing great stuff and you're going through your ups and downs of the week. You're doing a little bit of insight into the, the passages you read. Everyone's sharing their here journals. That's going good. You've only gotten through two here journals and it's like, man, the time is, is closing up. We, we haven't even prayed yet. We haven't asked our accountability. Quite. What can we do to help people who have the challenge of a group that's just, it's going much longer than they, they want, they can't continue to sustain it going as long as it is. Yeah, it's a great question. We get asked a lot. I, I would say there's a couple of things you have to go into this group understanding. This is not a seminary class. Okay? Yeah. This is not a life group lesson where if you don't check every box and fill in every blank, you feel cheated or yeah. uh, you've compromised the group, right? Man, we, we didn't get the boxes checked in or, right. or blanks We didn't filled. share every single here journal that we wrote that week. Yeah, okay, that's a good point. Okay, so you have to pick and choose your battles with your discipleship group. And here's the cool thing about groups. Groups will ebb and flow based on the people in the group. Some groups I've led, they are heavy on scripture memory. So they want to spend a lot of time memorizing and quoting scripture, which is fine. I have that group in mind today. I have one of them. We memorized the entire book of Philippians back at Brainerd. Wow. If I see one of these guys named Jeff today, he will quote Philippians right now to me, just like that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And because that was such an impactful time. Now, when, you, when you're doing that, it takes a little time. If you do extensive quoting of scripture in a discipleship group, there's no way you can do it where, okay, Chris, you first. Go ahead. One through four. Yeah. You know, Dylan, you're next. You know, I'm going to go. That's the whole group. Sure. You can't do that. So what you'll have to do is you'll have to be creative. So what I'll do is I'll say, Chris, you have chapter one. Dylan, you have chapter two. I mm. take chapter three. And, okay. you know, whoever takes chapter four. So as you get further in your scripture memory, if you're doing an ongoing scripture memorization process, uh, you know that eventually everyone's not going to be able to quote 16 verses or, let me or tell whatever you what, it is. Well, let me tell you what we do with the Sermon on the Mount. Our groups are in the Sermon on the Mount. Okay. This is even harder. We do one verse and the next guy does the verse. Okay. So you'll say. Going around, yeah. Yeah. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who are humble, for they will inherit the earth. I mean, um, yeah. So the, the idea is. Um, you just go through one verse after a t after each other and then everybody picks up, which is kind of challenging to do, but it's a great okay. way to change it. Okay. But what you have to do is temper that time. When you're doing here journals in a group of six guys or six girls, there's no way you can do them all. So yeah. what I do is I pick two people and I just rotate. So this week it's Chris and Jeff Borton, yeah. for example. Next week it's Dylan and Colin. Okay. Okay. And so they just share their here journals and that keeps them in check because they don't know who you're going to call on. Okay? Yeah. So they have to do it. You have to temper the first part of the time, which is how was your week? Let's get an update of the week and High let's and pray. High and low of the week, right? High and low right. of the week. Tell us uh, something good or bad. And sometimes the guys don't have anything. They'll just say, man, I had a great week. Great. Let's move on. Yeah. Okay. Which is good. But you have to temper that time to about 10 minutes. So I, I, I'm thinking in blocks. If I'm 30 minutes in and I'm, and I'm not on the here journal section, we're in trouble. Yeah. Like I got I to gotta transition and say, hey, I yeah. know this is good. And sometimes the conversation is good. So don't get too nervous and say, right. man, we hadn't even finished because this guy's marriage is falling apart. We spent the whole time talking and praying over him. That's okay. Right. You can do that. But that's not the norm. You spend the bulk of your time on the scripture memory, the here journals, and then if you have some time left, you do the book. 
Remember, yeah. the book study or the, the book that you're going to read through together. Yeah, if you choose one, that's optional. If you right, choose right. one, is always tacked on at the end. And honestly, Chris, lately, we haven't done that in my group. We just get yeah. in the F-260 and we're reading and sharing sure. what God's showing us. Yeah, it's it, there's not a lot of time for those extra books, but there are times when you realize, man, these guys are struggling. For instance, my first group didn't know anything theologically, like nothing. Like <laughs> the yeah. highest level of theology was, man, that story with the big fish is cool. Yeah. You know, So I thought, man, we have to walk That's through cool some story, basic... It is a cool That's story. Cool story. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how it's impacting his life currently, but... But we were, we, I felt like we need, so we got a small book and just each week we would spend out five minutes just kind of recapping who is the Holy Spirit, who is Jesus, yeah. you know, what is sanctification, all these big words, what, is, what does this all mean? So that's good. And then one trick I've found too is at the beginning, if you start to run out of time during the highs and lows, during the discussion, because that's typically where we go too far. People are kind of hesitant to want to get to the hear journal sometimes, or maybe they haven't memorized their verse. And so they're just spending more time in that high and low. So I usually say, hey, let's come back to this at the end if we have time. So that way, I'm. Not, it's an easy way to say we're not done talking, but we both know by the time you get to the, you're probably not going to. But you can have conversations after the group. Yeah. Again, this is not a social club. This is not a book a book club. That's it's a good not point. It's not a book club. club. Yeah, uh, accountability group. It's none of those three things. All three of those things happen to some extent in the group, but it's not those three things. So we got to be careful, or else it gets out of hand and we lose what the discipleship group is supposed to be. And right. here's what we do: we close. I'll just say this before we close, but we close with action steps and accountability questions. So when I say, "Hey, I want to pray for you guys this week," uh, Chris, anything we could pray for? Any struggles this week? Anything that you looked at or have been challenged by that could hinder your walk with the Lord or your relationship with your spouse? That's a great question to ask yeah. every week. That's a who good are you song. personally sharing the gospel with? Yes. Who are you personally building relationships? That's another question we ask. Who are you personally intentionally building relationships with lost people around you? Who is that? Give me a name. Yeah. Not, well, it's a guy down the street. Okay, great. What's his name? Yeah, it's that level of accountability. Again, that's what one of the difference makers of discipleship groups. You're not getting that accountability any other way at any other time in your life. And if only churches would realize, and I think they are beginning to, that unless we have this level of accountability, any type of evangelistic strategy we have, any type of sharing strategy, missional strategy is only going to be as good as those leaders who buy in. And Brother, I mean, listen, you, you, we're, we're harping on it. I know we harp on this, but, but you, you nailed it. You can be the most evangelistically minded leader in your church, but if you don't have accountability at the ground level, it really is going to fall on deaf ear. I mean, brother pastor, you think I'm making a difference because I'm saying go share the gospel, invite your friends. Right. Your people will rarely do that. And here's why. I'm going to rarely do that personally, just being honest, if you don't hold me accountable. Right. Like, Chris, if you don't hold me accountable to read the Bible daily, I'm not going to read the Bible daily because I'm going to get busy normally. Right. If you don't hold me accountable to memorize scripture, I'm definitely not going to do that. If you don't hold me accountable to be in the word and pray. So that's why accountability in the D group is essential. And it's the really only place you're going to get that outside of, you know, well, you, that's the only place you're going to get a D group. Well, we had several several questions to start this podcast. We're probably going to have to do a few more, I think. Uh, we got through two. Two questions. We'll come back. Let's come back and do more we'll questions. Come back and Can do we? More. Thanks for joining us. What about our replicate cohort? Our replicate cohort. That's a great, that's, a, that's another question that we do get. Yeah. People we, just, we are launching the replicate cohort for 2019. Ooh. It is a monthly 
uh, strategy in which you are trained. Pastor Robbie will do training. Someone on the Replicate team will walk with you in a smaller network. Uh, you can do it from anywhere you're at. It's online. So from the comfort of your own home or your own office, uh, you can tune in. You'll hear the training. You'll get the training. You will look at ways to implement. And then in your smaller group, we will talk through practical implementation with you and your smaller network of pastors and leaders who are who are in that same context as you to help you walk through these things. So it's, it's really, it's coaching, but it's also just a strong network of, of like-minded uh, leaders like you trying to implement disciple-making in the church. Well, people always say, hey, can you guys come coach me personally? Can right. you come to my church? And we'd love to do that. We just don't have the bandwidth. Right. This is a way to be able to get coached by me personally every month in an intentional way via via your desk or your home. You never right. have to leave online. And then we're going to assign you with a coach. And this is the game changer, Chris. Right. You're going to get a personal coach. So you're going to get information, which a lot of discipleship ministries give, but we're going to help you with implementation. Oh, that's that's the key. And that is at replicate.org slash cohort. Replicate.org slash Only have 100 cohort. spots. you got to sign up before. No, we, we don't even have 100 left. We don't even have 100 But we're, that's our max. So, 100's max. Uh, technology and staffing-wise, that's we're, we're held at 100 at this point. So sign up soon if you'd like to join that. And we would love to see you as part of the group. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.